On this episode of the podcast, we have a special guest, John Schweppe, from the American Princi- American Principles Project. There we go. That was pretty good. Thanks, man. Yeah. It's a really fun episode. It was. It was. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. So sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy. You're listening to the All Out War Podcast. What's up, Warriors? Welcome to another episode of All Out War. I'm Turner, and I'm in the studio with Rosie. What's up, Rosie? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing today? Hey, I'm doing well. Yeah? Yeah. Good weekend so far? Yeah, so the Joker didn't get shot. (laughs) 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 I saw it on opening night. (laughs) Well, that's a bonus. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It was good. That's a cool. Good weekend. Maybe you could do a review of the Joker sometime in next week or so. Here's it. Here's a really quick review. Okay, go see it. <laughs> All it's right, amazing. I'll, I'll I'll plan on it. Yeah, That'll and cool. carry. You should carry. Oh, you should carry. always carry. But oh, dude, yeah, yeah. Theaters always. Yeah, the the theater I went to did not have added security though. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you must have gone to like a, a bad part of town or something. No, I went to a theater that definitely probably should have. <laughs> yeah. It was in the neighborhood. Well, never mind. I don't yeah. want to get into the specifics of where we live. But yeah. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. So we have a big episode today. This yes. is cool. We have a special guest in the studio, which we're going to get to in just a second. Yes. We also have the, we're going to do our gender reveal for the yes. baby, which is going to be fun. We'll do that in a minute. Yes. But first of all, we got to take care of like, did you know? Okay. What do you know, man? Hey, did you know that during the Cold War, there was a hot dog stand in the middle of the Pentagon? <laughs> really? That that the, <laughs> that the Russians, because they had satellites and everything, they thought that was the actual brains of the Pentagon. Because at, at the same, like at the same time during the day, I'm not making this up, all these people would always go in and out of the hot dog stand. So they thought that that was like the entranceway to underneath the, uh, oh. <laughs> the, the, all of it was underneath and the actual Pentagon was just built to protect that. Like walls. Yeah. So then they had to add all this extra security to this hot dog stand <laughs> and ultimately they shut it down. Dude, that's amazing. Yeah. But yeah. So did you know that? So their satellites were not like they are today, obviously. Well, no, but I mean, it makes sense. You know, like, how did, like, here's the thing. How do we figure out that the Russians were in Cuba? Satellites. Satellites, but what do they notice on, in Cuba? Hot dog stands? No, they they had had (laughs) soccer fields. Oh. And because Cubans play baseball, they don't play soccer. That's right. Russians play soccer. So that's how they figured out the, the Russians were there. Dude. So... Good job, CIA. So they could figure out stuff. So they had pretty good cameras back then. Yeah. 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 That's a good did you know. Yeah. Here's and, another one just because oh, it's okay. an extra. I just had it pulled up. Did you know pumpernickel bread <laughs> um, literally means devil's fart? <laughs> and it was named after the devil's fart because it was hard to uh, digest. <laughs> wow. It's German. There you go. Pumpernickel means devil's fart. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's awesome. Yes. Man. Is it keto? No. <laughs> it's definitely yeah. not keto. Yeah. Uh, All right. So there you go. All right. Cool, That's man. Right. Yes. That's so. Good. Double did you know. Double did you know. The Russian one was great. 
It was good. Because it's going to play in really well with our <laughs> gender reveal for yes, the baby. Yes. <laughs> okay. So I'll first I'll introduce our guest is my my buddy, John Schweppe. He is the Director of Policy and Government Affairs for the American Principles, Principles Project, which is a very good super conservative think tank in D.C. So he's one of the good guys, and we're blessed to have him here. Yeah. And uh, so we had said last week that we were going to do the gender reveal, and we were going to do it by flipping a coin. <laughs> yeah. And so we have John here is going to do the honors of flipping a coin. Do you want to do you want to describe the coin? Yes. You can go ahead and describe it. It's Soviet. <laughs> there so, you go. Very big deal. Uh, from the 90s, from the actual, from Russia. Yeah. yeah you got yeah. that. It's a centennial coin, actually. All right. So, so Lenin is on one side. A, Lenin is a male. Yes. And uh, you can't really tell what's on the back. It got kind of. Something communist is yeah. uh, female, yeah. which, you know, makes yeah. sense. Right. Um, here we go. Please be a boy. What is it? A girl. Uh, it's a communist girl. We're having a girl. Uh, Man. Okay. All right. We got to buy go. guns. So <laughs> yeah. Either way, we got to buy guns. Yeah. So we got yeah. a little girl coming. Mm. That's amazing. Yeah. All right. Like I said last week, I was like, I got two girls. They're the best thing ever. I have two sisters. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. Okay. So should I do the baby week update anyways? <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. There we go. Hold on. Oh, that's a new one. It okay. isn't. I had to get a new one. I accidentally erased it. Oh, okay. So, 21 weeks pregnant. Baby's as big as a large banana. Sweet. Uh, she, it says she's got the move. So, the baby's arms and legs are proportional. They can move in a coordinated fashion. All right. The liver and spleen have been working, producing blood cells. Bone marrow is actually doing stuff now. And uh, it is drinking amniotic fluid. Amazing. So there you go. Drinking the amniotic fluid. Yeah. And it says the baby's taste buds are developing this week as well. Cool. So there you go. Is is the baby peeing into the amniotic fluid yet? Does <laughs> it say that? I would assume. That's a good does. question. I think it is. It's pretty fascinating. Yeah. You're getting stretch marks. And and it's a, it's a little girl. It's a little girl. She's, yeah, she's, she's, she's coordinated dancing. Yeah. All right. We so, can always pull the China policy. And we'll just start. No, stop. Stop. (laughs) (laughs) Now you're, yeah, no. I'm just kidding. We do the baby update because we're super pro-life. So that was a bad joke. You still can't kill it even if it's not what you want. still can't kill it even if it's not what I want. (laughs) Especially if it's not what you want. Yes. Oh, man. I'm sorry to my mom and my (laughs) sisters and my aunt that that actually do listen to this. Yeah. So anyways, that was enough rambling. Yeah, man. That's cool. And I would add to this, too, that um, we're going to hopefully do some kind of um charity fundraising yes when the baby is born yes that we will donate all the funds to pro-life organization yes so we just haven't really announced or worked that out yet but that's the plan <laughs> yeah so instead of doing a patreon or taking money yeah we are going to want to donate you know for the baby supplies that's right and then give it to a real this podcast has cost me more than <laughs> I've had to, i had to give up golf <laughs> so <laughs> anyways all right. Yeah. Anyways, so we have John here. And so say, tell a little bit about what you do, government policy. And- yeah. No, I, I, I think our the biggest thing I do is uh, I obsess over all of the different things that are going on out of Congress, out of the White House, 
um, out of the state legislatures, uh, different policies. Um, you know, we're obviously a socially conservative group focused mainly on what, you know, promoting the family. So what can we do to help people uh, have kids and um, get married and that sort of thing? So, um, you know, it's been really interesting, obviously, yeah. <laughs> under this administration. Um, things have been moving in a really interesting direction. Um, you know, I think conservatism has changed a lot in just a few years as well. Um, and so we're at a point where, you know, I think a few years ago, some of our stuff would have been seen, would have, you know, been viewed as not possible or kind of out there. Um, and now all of a sudden, you know, we're kind of in the middle of a lot of different things. Um, yeah. so it's, it's been pretty exciting and, you know, we're a political group as well. So we, uh, get involved in high profile campaigns, spend money, try to, you know, beat the libs. And uh, right now we're in Kentucky in the yeah. uh, governor's race there. I was going to say, so <laughs> talk about that because if people are at all on social media, even outside of Kentucky, um, you've probably seen the ad you guys ran, which was so awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, um, there's, it's a two-person race in Kentucky. Matt Bevan is the incumbent. He's a conservative. He's great. He's fantastic. Um, Andy Bashir is the Democrat uh, running against him, current attorney general, son of a previous Democrat uh, governor. And so Andy Bashir is radical on all these issues, uh, supports the Equality Act, supports uh, the state version of the Equality Act. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we've been looking at, okay, what are the different ways we can approach this issue? One sec. Yeah, go ahead. For the Equality Act is, just say it real quick. Just, what's a, like, real quick, for people that may not know. It, we, it puts sexual orientation and gender identity in civil rights law. So it basically makes it where sex is replaced by whatever the hell you want. Yeah, wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And and that's happening. I mean, it's happened in a lot of municipalities. It's happened in some states. Um, the Democrats have passed it through the House, mm. and it's kind of, you know, stagnant right now. But um, so, yeah, so we're trying to expose that. I mean, that legislation is radical. It's absolutely yeah. crazy. Um, and, and one of the things that would happen from it, and it's just the truth, is that uh, under Title IX, women's sports would now mm -hmm. become whatever you know, I don't even know what you would call it because <laughs> men, it, you wouldn't even have to be transgender. Men could literally just say, because gender identity is not a, you know, super defined term. Mm, right. It's not even defined in the Equality Act. So, you know, men could just say, I feel like a woman when I'm on the track. Right. And so they could, you know, go down there and, and they could literally have, have a girlfriend or a wife and just say, oh, I feel like a girl on the track. Right. And, and, and people wow. are, you know, trying to say, oh, I'm being ridiculous. That'll never happen. So if it's not going to happen, you're basically re asking the schools to risk a lawsuit. Yeah. Because if you make that part of the Civil Rights Act, you're saying a school should, you know, just know what the difference is between a man faking it. And so it's it's wild, man. So what we're doing in this ad, uh, which you were referring to, we have a race. Um, a bunch of girls are, are running this race and it talks about, you know, how, uh, you know, competition and and working hard and and builds up these girls and you're like yeah these girls are total badasses and then they're <laughs> running they're running they're running and then all of a sudden in the the frame a dude <laughs> just starts running faster and beats them and so then we like pan you know say andy Bashir wants to destroy women's sports etc cetera, etc cetera. and then you know this reaction shots of these girls they're just like this is so unfair. <laughs> and that that's kind of the the essence of what we're saying we're saying yeah this is what he says equality is uh, but is it fair? 
no, it's not fair. It's yeah. not fair at all. Like, you know, and so um, we have that ad and then this isn't out yet. But it should be coming out in the next week or two. We're doing a wrestling ad. Yeah. Oh, sweet. <laughs> We're doing a wrestling ad and it is, I, I've seen it. It's fantastic. Um, <laughs> basically, instead of that ad had a bunch of girls, this ad focuses on one particular girl and you feel this empathy for her and you're just like, oh, she's doing so great. Like, this is so great. Then she has to wrestle a dude and he, and he wins. We don't show the wrestling scene. Um, and uh, and it's just wrong, right? Like, I mean, this is just, we we understand that there are biological differences between men and women. That's okay. You know, but we don't want to take away from girls, you know, the ability to excel and be great yeah, athletes. Like, right. You know, I, and, and it's certainly not a sexist thing. Like, I, I, if I tried to run a race against any of these girls, they would absolutely crush me. I, yeah. I, I don't even know if I can do a 12-minute mile anymore. But, <laughs> um, but look, I, I think it's just we're trying to get that out there. The, the biggest threat we face, I think, as conservatives is that people don't really believe us when we say how absolutely batshit crazy the left is yeah and um and so we have to provide examples and show exactly what they're saying and so you know in kentucky they're not denying anything we've said they're just out there saying oh they're trying to bully right you know school children it's like no <laughs> like, there's nothing you know insulting about this ad at we're all for, we're trying to protect them right exactly because <laughs> well I even mean, the wrestling makes so much sense because within the sport of wrestling you have weight classes yeah so there's divisions based on size and weight and uh and so they already are categorized out right so then when you talk about bringing in a, a woman or a girl it's like even more it just shows it's how ridiculous this whole notion is and uh there was a recently a high school girl i think or a college girl that was i saw her on the, making the circuits on the news and she was i think suing because of uh she lost to a, a trans big, yeah she lost to a trans and and she uh basically was like this isn't even right like he, he shouldn't even be able to be entering in. And uh, she had all these great statistics and, and you know, of everything. Yeah. But. Well, I mean, that's, that's pretty crazy when you think about, I mean, like guys, broader shoulders. I mean, just like the bone density, muscle yeah. mass. It's, yeah. it's totally, I mean, we're talking about weight class. You have a yeah. 112 pound girl up against a 112 pound boy. Right. The boy is going to have stronger muscles. He's going to have, you know, it's it's four a inches on body. it. Yeah, right. It's just a different body type. So, um, yeah, no, it's just it's fundamentally unfair. And oh. I think that that's what we're trying to to bring to light with this. I think women's sports is definitely um, one that voters care about a lot, mm -hmm. and especially women, which is what we've found kind of so far. Well, it, when you're talking about high school sports, it's talking about really disrupting the opportunity to get a college. That's career. right. That's absolutely you right. You know, some guy comes in and all of a sudden you're not, you're overlooked for a scholarship because of a guy beat you in a tournament mm -hmm. when he shouldn't even be there. Right. Yeah. yeah. As a girl, you know, you're. And the only reason, let's be honest, the only reason that the guy, and this is, I mean, th these points aren't new, but the only reason the guy is even doing the woman, like pretending to be a woman is because he can't make it running against dudes his own age. Like that's yeah. like a, a lot of these mediocre track stars, you know, the, you know, guys that beat these women by, or girl, they're not even women yet. These girls, they're like running times that they wouldn't even qualify for the same. No, that's exactly the, the, the Connecticut example. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. The one that most people have been citing, and I think the one athlete was ranked uh, like two hundred something yeah. among <laughs> men in in Connecticut, um, and then he went and raced as a as a girl and was you know top two. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it's just. That's it, it's fundamentally unfair. Yeah. So, 
Well, so yeah, so that's sort of that's a great like uh, analogy of like what you guys do because um, you know it's cool to like talk to someone that is actually you know. Um, you hear about all these crazy think tanks doing, you know, like, what are they doing? And so that's really cool. So there you go. So that's what, um, how's the response to that, that ad? Uh, It's been really fun. Um, so (laughs) I, I, well, I will say like one of the things that was encouraging, we've, we've been involved in a lot of races doing a lot of these different LGBT issues. Um, and, and we haven't gotten a lot of support, um, even within the conservative movement. I think people are just, they see those issues as icky. Yeah. yeah. Even even if they agree, right? Like, I mean, you talk about bathrooms or showers or whatever, and it's just icky, and you don't want to share that on social media. Um, as you, I mean, you you mentioned this, that ad kind of went viral. Um, so we got a lot of support from conservatives. Uh, Daily Wire ran a piece on it, a bunch mm-hmm. of different sites. Um, in Kentucky, it's fascinating because the media there is just as bad as it is out here. I mean, they're running defense for it. And, um, you know, like one of the things I saw that I thought was was crazy was um, they were saying that we were mocking trans people by having a, uh, a actual, a biological boy <laughs> in the ad. And, and we had internally talked about that and we're like, okay, we want to like handle this with care. Like we don't yeah. want to be offensive. You know, I, there's been ads where, you know, it's been like a dude with a wig, <laughs> you know, and we wanted to, to go with something that was defensible. And we were making the argument that a boy could do it. That's, that's how nebulous gender identity is as a legal term. And, uh, and anyway, they still attack you. I mean, that, like, that's the biggest thing from this. It doesn't actually matter right. whether you're nasty or whether you're, you know, right. really polite. And they're going to they're yeah. gonna pretend you're the absolute worst. So for us, ultimately, it's, okay, what's most persuasive to, to voters who see it? Specifically, because I think these are the people that are um, affected the most, women, mothers. I mean, when they see this, are they feeling sympathy for the individual or are they mad at us for attacking for attacking lgbt right and scare quotes yeah i um, mean now that we have i'm now the f- part of the father of uh, a baby <laughs> girl that's right <laughs> uh, i my sympathies have changed since in the last uh, 10 minutes thinking about the ad so you're I'd, really into women's sports now yeah, are you gonna I, are you I gonna just, buy season I tickets care. to the wnba next absolutely year? not i would rather <laughs> set buddy on fire uh Sorry. No, that's that's good. I mean, that's just being honest. But <laughs> <laughs> so one of the other things we've talked um, to other guests about this, and this was like one of our thing because we had Cabot Phillips on, which is one. I don't want to say extreme, but like one side of the debate. And then we had um, like John Miller was on here, and he was talking a, a different. They did not agree with each other. Yeah. About the social media censorship stuff, but you. I was gonna say you, you even made the rounds and stuff like mm-hmm. that, um, and you were really championing and doing some really great pieces uh, that I read. Just so you know, oh, I, appreciate <laughs> I, did, that. I did read them <laughs> um, about uh, so uh, Holly's bill, mm-hmm. um, and it was called the Smart Act. There's two. Okay, so there's the the Ending Internet Censorship Act, um, which is dealing with Section 230 and and whether social media companies can you know, discriminate against conservatives or not. Mm. And then there's the SMART Act, which is um, a little bit more controversial, actually, Yeah. Uh, but which which went after um, uh, social media companies for some of their more addictive practices, you know, uh, the psychological stuff they do to make me check my phone every 15 seconds, mm-hmm. um, that sort of thing. So. Yeah, so could you talk about those two things? Like, yeah. Because um, I was going to say that this would... Because when I read that act, like, at first... 
I, so I think everyone that's listened back then, uh, my whole thing was like, I know that there's an issue. I don't know what the answer is, but my gut reaction is, is never as a conservative to my answer is never let's bring the government into it. That's where I was because, and like just the real, like, you know, how, how could we make it fair? We, We would have to give access to the government or some, we'd have to create an agency, the social media agency or something like the SMA. I'm trademarking that government. If you want to, <laughs> you want to take that, I, I need a hundred million dollars a year. Um, but, and we'd have to give them access to all the analytics for all of our posts so that they could make sure that we weren't being suppressed, you know, a single person. So I'm like, this is so astronomical, the cost of it, like, is it worth it? You know, all this stuff. But I was going to say the, the, this bill and the way that Holly was talking about it and like these, uh, things i I've, i have pivoted on um this issue so could you go into like these two bills in particular because they're really interesting and um remind me to go back to the smart act because okay. the, the the first bill will take a little bit yeah. um so this is all over section 230 of the communications decency act and the communications decency act was passed in 96 it was an anti-pornography bill mm-hmm. that was its purpose um mm-hmm. and it was very aggressive um made it you know illegal to transmit um, all sorts of images. Uh, if kids were involved, you, you could get in real trouble, go to prison. <laughs> yeah. um, so basically what ended up happening was that that went to the Supreme Court in 97, Reno v. v- ACLU, and the Supreme Court took almost all of it and struck it down. Hmm. What they didn't strike down was Section 230. So Section 230 was this uh, regulation that was basically designed to help Um, these platforms, they weren't platforms at the time, but these interactive computer services help them police content on their platforms. What it does is it basically makes it where if you're an interactive computer service, uh, you are not liable for, you you don't face civil liability. So if, um, let me give an example. Um, Someone posts a a porn video. So uh, uh, like a, you, like, a platform. I, I Let, let's go beyond porn because okay, porn, okay. porn's a little trickier because there are things they can do on that. But let's say that you post on Facebook and you say, John Schweppe uh, stole $100 from me. Mm-hmm. And it's just an outright lie. And so I want to take you to court. But I also want to take Facebook to court. So I that will get thrown out mm-hmm. because they're protected under Section 230. The, it would get thrown out for them, for, for them. Facebook. But you could still take me. I can still sue you. Okay. Yeah. Um, so... Basically, uh, this immunity is is carte blanche. Mm-hmm. Everyone basically receives it. There's no application for it. Um, if you have your own mini platform, you know, the all-out war uh, uh, social media platform with, you know, a couple hundred people on it, they... Uh, same <laughs> One day. Couple, couple thousand <laughs> people. Couple thousand, yeah. yeah. Um, but that same thing. You will have... You will enjoy that immunity. So the problem, of course, is that uh, Facebook... So, so a lot of people have been differentiating between platforms and publishers, right? right? That's not actually in Section 230. And and I actually would argue that that's a little bit of a misnomer. Mm. Um, people I generally agree with have been doing that. I don't, I don't think it's accurate. Um, but that being said, I do think it's a fair distinction for any future edit to t- Section 230. Because right. a platform is what they intended interactive computer service to be, which is basically, you know, uh, uh, not editing, picking and choosing what posts to go up. Just just a, a 
a board or a social media giant or whatever yeah. that hosts all this user-generated content. Um, a publisher is like a newspaper, you know, somebody who decides what content goes Editor out. Some set of editorial oversight into we're going to publish this, we're not going to publish this, we're going to publish this on page 13 as opposed to the front page or stuff like that. Right, right. right. And so there are, um, you know, the New York Times, yeah, they're online, but they're a publisher and, and they don't enjoy Section 230 immunity when it comes to their stories that they mm -hmm. choose to publish. So Holly's bill um, recognizes the problem of internet censorship that these social media giants are basically colluding to shut out conservative thought. And it's not even, I, his focus is on political speech, but I think it goes beyond that. I mean, it's yeah. religious speech, it's cultural speech. Um, you know, there's uh, Twitter, I know, has done it, but others as well. Actually, you've probably enjoyed this. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you if you uh, dead name someone or misgender someone, uh, they'll, they'll ban you. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing you can do about it, right? So, um, so Holly's bill is kind of a first step at looking at the political aspect of it and saying, let's make Section 230 conditional. Let's make that immunity conditional on you acting as if you are a First Amendment platform. Mm -hmm. Not a total First Amendment, but we're talking like Supreme Court definition of it. So right. they can still remove porn. They can still remove beheading videos, stuff like that. But they can't censor based on political speech. So I think Holly's bill scared people a little bit because um, there were some numbers in there and, and it was about how the you know Federal Trade Commission can regulate and oversee all this stuff. But really, I think what it comes down to when we're, when we're actually trying to accomplish this is that you need to just rewrite it. Yeah. You need to rewrite it, separate based on publisher and, and platform and make the immunity conditional based on whether you're acting as a First Amendment standard platform or whether you want to be a, you know, political censor. Right. All right. So let me ask a question. How does that stop someone? This, this is the ignorance of me. Okay. <laughs> How does that stop uh, a platform like Twitter or YouTube censoring a political voice that they're not agreeing with? It doesn't. Um, but what would happen is that if let's say that this this went through and we made it where platforms receive Section 230 and publishers didn't. Right. So if you could demonstrably prove in court that they were censoring based on political opinion, then they would be liable in these lawsuits. Okay. Right? And so once so you they could be sued, they could be sued. Yeah. Not not necessarily for kicking off their platform. Right. But for any number of things, uh, if that they do allow on their platform. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's really what it is, is that they don't want to be exposed to that civil liability because it's bad for their business model. Yeah. Right. But it has nothing to do with, I, I, I believe private companies should be allowed to, to, you know, whoever they want as consumers. Um, but it's different though, when you're talking about a special government immunity that's being right. granted. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And they kind of want it both ways. They, they need all of the mass people because they sell those numbers for advertisers so that they can get revenue, mm -hmm. but then they want to control what's being done on, within the, the, the atmosphere of the, of well, the actual it's platform. Not even, it's even, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I was going to say it's even in, uh, it's having them, the, the fact I think is that they're acting in bad faith, which they're enjoying the yeah. immunities, because you could, they I don't are. know, uh, say, think progress, which... RIP to them, which is good. Yeah. Um, but say they had a, uh, a social media platform where they're like, this is for socialists, by socialists. If you say anything left of uh, Lenin, you're banned off this platform. And then they can, they would ostensibly, like they would have enjoy the protections because, and you wouldn't be able to bring that lawsuit because they're right. saying, 
like this is a leftist platform. These are in our terms of conditions. Um, so maybe they wouldn't get it in the first place, the immunities in the first place. But if they're open about it, I think that's the, the people, conservatives wouldn't, why would we go there? Right. You know, so that's cool. And if they want to sell the ads of right. you know, 100,000 users, that's to- totally cool. We're not forcing them to, conservatives don't want to say, I need to be let in there. We're like, cool, you guys do your own thing. Just let us be on, on ours. It's the fact that when it's, they're enjoying these protections and they're saying that they're not acting in a partisan way. Right, right. That's the part that people get upset about. And that's where the issue has to be because and also now to the scope of what they're doing is not just, uh, it's not just, you know, one comment section or, you know, a forum on a, uh, you know, back in the day, like an old forum for some niche thing of some newspaper company or something. Right. Well, I think that the size of them is why this is so important. Right. Um, because, yeah, if, if we were dealing with, and this is where people start talking antitrust, and I'm not going to get into that. Yeah, it's yeah. a very complicated issue. Um, and I'm not even sure where I stand. <laughs> right. but, um, but, you know, when you have four or five giants that are controlling like a choke point, like controlling who uh, can be on their platforms, what can be said, it it becomes a real interest of the government, I think. Yeah. To, because these the reality of it is, and this is what I wrote about in my first things piece that you read, um, the reality of it is that the internet has become the public square. Mm-hmm. We don't, the public square is not what it used to be. I mean, right. we all go home from work and we barely talk to our neighbors. I have some great neighbors. I do talk to them. <laughs> but, but I mean, it's it's become much more insulated and much more everything's online. You take that away and it's really hard to have a functioning democracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you, you kind of rig the game a bit. And I think that's where people, um, Holly especially, get, get very concerned is because you see a site like Google, which is a right. huge, huge company, that possesses, I think it's 92% of search traffic. Um, YouTube is like the only real video browsing site. Um, And they just keep acquiring more and more of these companies. And and then you have a real problem on your hands if Google decides, which they've kind of transparently been saying, we're not going to let Trump win in 2020. Um, And if that means, you know, I, this is, this is a, um, just an example and who knows if it's if i was censored or not but i noticed um about a year ago i wrote a piece about kamala harris and uh, it was about abortion and i noticed right after the piece came out really even like a month later it was the number one result on google it was daily caller you know they they tend to trend up yeah um and then i noticed a couple months later i checked again and it wasn't even on the top three pages Mm. on google you know okay so i know that's one example and it's hard to like point to that is but that's the type of thing that that I think is really concerning is Google suppress. I mean, we're not, we don't have any access to these algorithms whatsoever. Um, I know that's kind of an aside from it, but I think that is the overarching why we're so concerned about this. And look, they don't want to lose that immunity. So I'm, I'm more or less okay with using it as a cudgel to get them to encourage them to do what's best for all of us. Right. Yeah. So, and and that's, what's cool is, yeah, this is the threat of it hopefully is enough to do it and then you know if if the threat doesn't work then you know that's what the bill's for right Right. and and so and and that has worked historically i mean when you when you have companies that recognize oh shoot we're about to get our industry is about to get regulated big time they start doing everything they can to self-regulate to avoid the the regulation one of one of the examples uh, we work a little bit on porn um, not in point. <laughs> yes. um, and uh, uh, 
in in the UK, uh, <laughs> David Cameron a few years ago yep. uh, suggested pretty strongly that Parliament would pass some uh, anti-porn regulations to protect children uh, for, on the ISPs from accessing pornography. And uh, he was looking for a mandatory, not a mandatory, a um, uh, default porn off filter. Yeah. And the ISPs were like, no, 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 no. Please don't regulate us. We'll do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so what ended up happening is that that's exactly what happened. Um, a couple of them kind of did a half-assed job. But uh, Sky, which is one of the biggest ones, uh, ended up doing exactly that, where you have like a PG-13, a, a P, you know, a R rating, um, and the default is where you can't access pornography. And that's, that's the type of thing I'm talking about. Like if you use, you know, the... the the libertarian arguments of like, we're never going to do anything. Like why would a corporation act? You know, they, they, they don't see you as a threat then. So they're going to just continue doing what they're doing. If they believe that, you know, a president Holly's on the way, then it's going to change their behavior and they're going to start. Cause I don't want a government regulation. I would prefer them to regulate themselves and act properly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. So you said to remind you of the smart bill because we had our very first episode that, uh, actually was posted we posted with uh what's <laughs> he, he i can't remember yeah. his name. um zach zach yeah and we had uh talked about uh the gamification this was over a year ago about the gamification of we were talking about video games but just in general and um the scary stuff that facebook was doing all these websites were doing um even back then and, and the videos and i know this is like old news by now that you can see these guys uh What's his name? The guy that started Napster that helped Facebook. Like he came out and said, you know, I, I, I'm sad and I'm scared of what, you know, if I knew what we would have, what my product would have done is doing to people, I wouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have given all the money up. Uh, there's that other top guy from Facebook. He's like, I will never let my kids use Facebook. I'm not on Facebook. Um, I think Steve Jobs. And this is to a different extent, you know, but he said, my kids will never use, have an iPad. <laughs> you know, they're not going to grow up with these tools that are used to, and, and I mean, that's different with the screens, but the, the same sentiment is um, there and to a great extent with Facebook. And they were talking about, you know, the dopamine feedback loops and all these things where uh, one of these examples, and I'll, I'll let you talk, is uh, they said, you know, the notification um up in the top right bar, you know, where you get your notifications and stuff like that. They, when they introduced the uh, alert, it was Facebook's color scheme is blue and white or gray or whatever like that. And so it was just a blue notification up top. And they noticed that people weren't clicking it as often as they were. And they changed the color to red, which stands out. You know, it's easy for anyone. I guess if you're colorblind, that sucks, but um, (laughs) (laughs) you probably still notice something. Um, and like exponentially overnight, they were seeing the number of these people, the time between logging and clicking it or getting the notification and being aware of it and clicking it while you're, you know, logged into the, you're staring at the screen. They can tell. So just changing that color scheme mm-hmm. reinforces this whole thing of, oh, I need to do it right now because that's important. That's that red. So just changing the color just changed the way our brains work and it retrains us so yeah um so it's really complicated there's a lot of studies out (laughs) on this um but look here's the reality and it's kind of unfortunate i think um facebook twitter google all these guys go out and hire the best neurologists and psychologists that the country has to offer Mm -hmm. um 
even over like research on like Alzheimer's and stuff like that. I mean, people want to go work for Facebook. Um, <laughs> Josh Hawley points out a lot, and I think it's really fair, is like, hmm, like this is the free market at work, but is this really a positive thing for <laughs> everyone? Like, I mean, this doesn't make any sense. Like, so you have people like basically using their specialty and their genius to get us addicted to our phones and mm-hmm. get us to hate each other more. I mean, it's it's really bad. But um, so so look, I mean, here's here's the thing. They... They, their business model is keeping us on our phones, keeping us on their platforms as long as possible so they can service ads. I mean, we're not actually um, the consumer. I mean, we're, right. we're, we're the product. Yeah. And, and, so, um, and so a lot of people are concerned about the data. And I, I, I'm, I don't want to poo-poo that. I think that's fair. But I think a big concern is the time theft that, mm-hmm. that's taking place. Um, and again, my libertarian friends will often say like, well, you know, uh, that's a choice. You know, you're choosing. You could you could turn it off if you want to. And I do think that there is a role for a small government to play when um, products are clearly addictive or um, bad. Yeah. Uh, you know, cigarettes being a being an example. Okay, cigarettes kill people. Like, I'm sorry. I, do you, do you smoke? No. Okay, there we go. <laughs> I, I did. You do seem vape, like someone who smoked. <laughs> vaping saved my life. <laughs> so. That's a whole nother issue, but don't take, tr- don't tread on my vapes, dog. <laughs> I, I love smoking. So, uh, but, um, I smoke but, cigars. <laughs> yeah. Cigars yeah. are great. But look, I, I, I do think that, uh, it's obvious that there's carcinogens in cigarettes. Um, okay. Yeah. I can understand why government would have some role in regulating that, whether it's, you know, the product packaging or, or well, what have you, uh, keeping away from children. Well, I was going to say, I mean, even just looking, taking that as an example of looking at ads, um, Back in the 50s or the 60s when they started it, there was nothing about it. And there, it was just everyone was smoking everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And the companies didn't – they knew that it was carcinogenic. So this is a perfect example right. of they knew what they were doing. And yeah. the government says, hey, you, should, you need to tell people because people are dying from this. Uh, you can still sell it the way you want to, but you have to at least warn them. Yeah. Let them, yeah, let them take the personal responsibility because obviously people are still smoking now. And people are well aware of it. I, you know, I dip, and I know the the stuff like that, and I still choose to intake that. Um, but so that's a perfect example. And so I think it's especially true, though. So we know. I mean, there's the science is out there. Um, brain chemistry in young people mm. is different than brain chemistry is for us. Mm. Um, you know, at this point, you know, if you smoke marijuana, um, it's going to have a much more it's not going to affect your brain chemistry in the same way it would someone whose brain is still changing. And we actually know that our brains change up until age 25. Right. Okay. So that's another reason why, okay, regulate cigarettes, regulate marijuana. So social media, who's on social media? I mean, it's, it, we are, but, but kids are on it. Mm -hmm. And so I think what's happening and and we're seeing it all across our culture. um, You want to blame guns. You want to blame, you know, the alt-right or whatever for all of the different hateful things in our culture. White people, of course, and I, I, that's you know totally fair. But right. I, I I can't help but notice the correlation between uh, everything going to shit in our politics and social media becoming yeah. a daily part yeah. of our lives. And and I'm, you know, I think we should acknowledge that. And mm-hmm. so Holly's bill is um, aggressive in the smart, yeah. smart act. It's aggressive in doing that. Uh, he goes after specific things that they do uh, to make us constantly want to do it. So um, one of the things uh, is infinite scroll. So on face, and it is true. Like you're on Facebook, Twitter, uh, unless you make a conscious effort 
to put it down, there's always new content to look right. at. Um, and I don't know if you guys, you're on Twitter a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't know if you've ever like noticed you're like on Twitter for two hours and you're like, I've read all these tweets before. Yeah. Like, why am I still scrolling? And it's still like, the, I was going to say, this is a really interesting thing because I, I follow so few people that I see the same people. And I know that there's an algorithm of more people I interact with. But after, you know, the people I follow don't tweet a ton. So all of a sudden it'll start showing me, hey, you might have missed Right. These tweets from like <laughs> two days ago that I read two days ago, but they, in the sense, uh, in order to keep the scroll going, yeah. it is populating with stuff that, you know. The worst, though, is this, is when you're lying in bed scrolling through and your thumb accidentally hits the very top of the bar and everything returns back to the beginning of the feed. <laughs> oh, you, and it goes, you know, and you're like, oh, my gosh. So you just call it a night at that yeah, point. Yeah, I just yeah. turned it off. <laughs> that's, that's the sign from God to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but no, I so I think that there's um, there's that. There's the, uh, oh, notifications. You talked about that mm -hmm. earlier. I mean, that's a huge thing. Um, there's, all, there's all sorts of things. And, and he looks at specifics, and I think that's what scared everyone off. And, and I, I, there were very few, I think, there's my piece. I think there may, might have been one or two other pieces that were willing to say this is a good thing that we need to right. be talking about. But, you know, the the think tanks and the libertarian side of things and all the Google-funded, you know, organizations, they came out and were just like, oh, this is the worst thing ever. And I I don't know if, if, if that bill is the perfect mechanism mm -hmm. to right. do it. I think we should continue to look at the issue. I mean, it is the first first bill I've seen on the Republican side that even addresses it. But uh, I do think we need to start talking about it as, as potentially problematic that we're um, so glued to our screens. I don't think it's a good thing. And, right. and I'm the biggest offender. I, I, I wrote this in my piece, but I, my, <laughs> I'm literally on my phone, like what, like 28 hours a week, yeah. like something insane. And, and uh, part of it's watching, you know, the Nationals blow game three. And part of it <laughs> is, um, you know, but, but it's, I don't think it's healthy. And yeah. so... Um, and I think well, we need to start acknowledging it. I was going to say, it's interesting when all of a sudden, like there's a big thing. Uh, I know Apple, I don't have an iPhone, so but I know Apple uh, introduced the thing. What, is, what do they call it? Time well spent. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I know Android, Google, um, introduced, I think it's like well, digital well-being. But this it was really interesting. And there's this whole push for, um, in the market of like, it, it's really funny because they're, they're tech products that like, um, like dumb phones. There's this whole revitalization. I bought a, a, a dumb phone that I went on for a month and it was absolutely terrible because everyone kept texting me and I like posted on social media, call me, yeah. don't text me. The screen's three, you know, two <laughs> inches big. I can't do it. This is to cut me out, make me phone calls and people <laughs> still texting me and make me do all this stuff. But it was like they're they're coming out with all these like dumb phones or things to like get you off out of the screen and stuff like that, but still leave you connected. But they're like super niche products that are like six hundred dollars. So who's gonna pay for this unless you're some Silicon Valley guy that's making two hundred fifty thousand dollars a right. year? You can buy a second phone. It doesn't right. it doesn't affect you. So it's all these people that are actually building the tech that keeps uh you know the sheeple. I hate using that term, but you know us sheep. Uh, addicted to it to get them the money they're the ones that are bailing you know they're buying places in uh you know in the midwest so they can get out of uh, silicon valley and they can go you know live out on a mountain and stuff like that they're the ones because they realize all that stuff but i was gonna say it's broken window theory 
Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. what yeah. I yeah. But it, it's just interesting that there's also this push. Um, so y- you know it's bad when these people are introducing stuff like Apple saying like, hey, we're just going to give you this thing that you might want to check because they have no skin in the game with social media mm-hmm. or time spent in an app. So it's just interesting at the same time that these other tech companies are introducing stuff to kind of wake people up or give them the ability to make choices and you know yeah so it's just an interesting observation i saw at the same time these both things were coming up yeah but uh something's got to happen i know that yeah you know having kids and watching the addictive rates of of these things you you know on one side as a parent like the greatest tool you have for discipline is give me your phone (laughs) they melt down you know they they just can't take it and uh and just kind of eliminating them from social media um but that just proves the point that there's an addictive behavior there that's not healthy right because i mean when i was a kid you know not that long ago if i got in trouble it was you got to stay at home you can't go out and play with your friend like i couldn't i couldn't go hang out and now it's you got to go hang out, like, but there's nobody out there. Right. Right. You know, everyone's playing Fortnite or whatever right. they played, whatever these kids are playing <laughs> nowadays. Um, cool. But so there's another thing that we see eye to eye on a lot. And I have to be a little bit more, but we're DMing all the time where I'm like sending you this stuff and I'm like, oh my God, this is terrible and stuff like that. But um, so we've been asking a lot of the, you know, other guests and stuff like that what the future or, you know, how this, ch- the change of conservatism has come from. And, you know, I, I previously would have said I'm more of like a paleo, con- you know, I'm like Pat Buchanan kind of paleoconservative, you know, like more of an isolationist and, you know, super that kind of stuff. But now it's like we were talking before the show. I just kind of want to get back into that thing of like these never trumpers and these like conservative bro dc people that like just sit there and you know the libertarians and all that stuff that we have like if there's going to be a future conservative movement that is uh you know in the name conserving we need to conserve something um you know what do you see the changes of uh, I don't even want to say the movement because it, it's not our movement. You know, we're, I think the three of us are probably on a rare breed. We're in a very small minority. Um, but yeah, you just been dunking. <laughs> I just love, I've been saying you've been dunking on people. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it, look, the, 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 biggest, you don't have to name names. I'm no, I saying. won't, I won't name names. Um, I think first of all, I wouldn't get so downhearted, um, about, the conservative movement itself because there's a lot of really good people who are working on policy who are working with people on like some of these senate staffs and granted i've only been out here for five years um but the the staffs right now that i've been working with are just incredible Mm -hmm. like and it's it's totally different from where things were a few years ago so i was gonna see that's one thing that i've always in the back of my head it's this thing like the guy (laughs) Whatever, I'm just going to say this because no one cares anyway. No one even sees my Twitter account. Like, I'm so suppressed that no one even, <laughs> no one's going to see this or hear it. But, like, all these people, the ones that have like 50,000 followers, they're like, I'm a DC social media dude. And, like, that's all I do. And, like, I kind of had a job for a while. I was here, I was there, blah, 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 blah. But I'm just going to spend all day on Twitter, right? Uh, you know, saying all this stuff and making, you know, building my brand and all this stuff. But they don't 
they're not the guys that are no, enacting that, that, policy. That, they're not doing yeah. it. So that's that's a that's a, a good white pill yeah, that there's no. actually people that don't have recognition right. on social media. They're actually doing the stuff. I do waste a lot of time on Twitter, um, <laughs> but no, I, I I think that that's absolutely right. So there's a. Uh, I would say they're overly represented. It's not to say that the national review types and the bulwark types and all of them are not part of the conservative movement. I mean, they yeah, are, yeah. but they're writers, you know, their job is to produce content. They obsess a lot over proceduralism with the president. And when you have to turn out copy every day, um, then you start talking about tweets and, <laughs> you know, stuff that honestly, I'm sorry, doesn't matter. And I get, I get that impeachment is happening, but we've known impeachment was going to happen since uh, what, November 8th, 2016 right, right. so um so I, I i but i just want to get back to that because i i've i've been really encouraged by some of these people people who want to make a difference do not go right for the washington Examiner. right they go and they work for a senator and they mm-hmm. learn policy and they go to law school and they do this and that um so getting that out of the way now we can talk about twitter um the the folks that are on there i i I have been really trying. We were talking about how I joke about my brand and I really try hard to bring the policy stuff and the reasonable arguments to Twitter without calling people assholes right. too much. Uh, I have done that a couple of times and it's um, warranted though. I mean, maybe, but it, it, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, my, my biggest frustration is exactly what you talked about. People who are 26 or 27, uh, have built this cult following by being social media managers who then have the arrogance to tell senators yeah. how stupid they are uh, on the right. And these are conservative you know, people that we're supposed to look to because they're blue check marks. Yeah. Um, it drives me a little crazy. And, and one, you know, um, I won't name who it was because I, I really don't have a will towards any of these guys individually. Um, but, but one was talking about Romney. Uh, yeah. today and uh, or maybe it was yesterday but and, and his basic argument was of course Romney would have won big in 2016 if he was the nominee there's no question about that and, and so you know he's a social media manager exactly what you, you talked about and um, I think he he writes for a, uh, yeah, one yeah, of yeah. these publications so um, you know first of all that's a really idiotic assertion yeah. um, because there's been a huge realignment and I think if you are claiming to be any sort of authority within the conservative movement and don't recognize that, you should get the hell out. Right. Honestly, because you're 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 not um, you're just not very smart. Right. I, I don't know like how to tell you that. The the um, the argument specifically was over Michigan and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, and uh, you look at these county by county, which you know I've done, and and so many have done. And you see where Obama in 2012 won a rural county 65-35. And then Trump went in there and won at 60-40. And these guys want to pretend, rewrite history, and say that's just because Hillary was a bad candidate. No, it wasn't. Like, I don't think she was a good candidate. Don't get me wrong. But um, she wasn't that different from Obama to where you see this 30% move in a demographically homogenous county. Right. I do think there's some things that, ha- I mean, she got a lot less votes. Um, I think she struggled with, uh, you know, the African-American population, for example, because Obama did something historic in that right. regard. Um, but, but so anyway, and this is, this is kind of the, the crap that yeah. um, a lot of these folks are pushing and, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's wrong. And you look at it. And so this is what, what frustrates me. My, boss is much more uh, 
aggressive on Twitter <laughs> and I, I respect the hell out of it uh, because some he, he gets responses. I'll go and, and you know, basically like do a one out of 256 why you're wrong and i'll be as respectful as possible and no one ever right <laughs> no one ever says anything you know and yeah i was gonna say it's like half of all my tweets are like i get a like i'm like yeah john saw it and then i'll like yours and i'm like don't worry john i got your back another one of those ways twitter uh, sucks you in yeah like the, oh my gosh like i have four likes on this tweet i really liked it like, yeah. um but no so it's uh I just think there's a lot of that going around and, and especially when it comes to the president. Like, so a lot of, a lot of these conservative bros, uh, and I will name one David French in particular, who gets a lot of ire from me. Um, he, you know, will make this argument that how could conservatives support the president? He's so morally, you know, bad. Hmm. And I think it just fundamentally misunderstands what we believe and what we're up against. I don't think that the president has been great morally all his life. <laughs> and I wouldn't be shocked if he said some stupid things while president. Um, and I also recognize that this president is advancing conservative policy better than any president since Reagan and uh, also isn't Hillary Clinton. Right. And, and so <laughs> a, a big part of it was like, you know, we're seeing and we're especially seeing it under Trump, but we're seeing the left become uh, much more maniacal and and I would actually argue you communist. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and, and you're and you're gonna tell me that like I'm supposed to like sacrifice all that and and let one of them win for right. my kids and my grandkids like that I'm supposed to just let this country like become Soviet Russia like fuck no. Yeah. I, I mean honestly like that that's what it comes down to and so it's just it, it is very um, it's very aggravating. Yeah. To say the least. First, I was going to say, that's the first F-bomb we've ever oh, had. Yeah, it yeah. is. I'm so sorry. But I agree with the sentiment. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I would probably say the F-word pretty regularly if we went communist. That would be... Oh, yeah. I mean... No problem. Yeah. I, I mean, when you look down to the thing, and I'm just giving you a hard time, we're marked explicit anyway, so... <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> because, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that was one of the things that we were talking about before here, Um I was, and I've said it here before all the time, I did vote for Trump. I went in to the poll station not knowing. I was like, I'm just going to vote on the down ticket because that's what actually, you know, in my daily life, it's going to matter who my county commissioner is, you know, all this stuff about my taxes and stuff like that. And I went in, I was just like, I can't let Hillary win. I yeah. can't, I cannot tell my kids yeah. I didn't vote for him just because it's, you know, I just can't sit by it and I'm not going to vote for Egg McMuffin, you know? Right. Like, um, well, the first year it was, it was a vote against Hillary. Yeah. It was, well, that's how it was for, for me. Trump. I wasn't me on the Trump train, but, but like you said, he's just, and he's so good at it that right. he just makes them, um, like Nate had said, uh, last week we talked to Nate and he said the thing about Beto was Beto was the first dude, like conservatives has been always been saying this thing, like they're coming to take our guns. They're coming. They they want to take our guns. They no, want. No, they don't want to come take our guns. Right. No, they're yeah. going to come door to door and take our guns. Right. And then, and then, yeah, liberal. I mean, even Hillary Clinton didn't even say anything like, "No, we should just, you know, common sense. We're not coming to get your guns. You know, we just don't want mentally ill people shooting up movie theaters because Joker came out and, you know, or something like that. I mean, that's the narrative they push. They're, they're just crazy. People are going to go and start shooting everybody. If, you know, so. Normal well, if they say it enough times in the media, maybe it'll come true. Right. And that's what they're hoping for. That, right. that, that I was going to say, that was one of the things that, yeah, which didn't make sense because I'm just, as an aside, 
everyone that's going to go see Joker, most of the, like half the audience, like if anyone buys into it, they're super like these liberals are like, Oh, it's going to radicalize all these white guys to come shoot up movie theaters. They're not going to go see the movie anyways. So the only people that are going to be in the movie theater, like know all the backlash. So it's going to be like, it would be like people that would be the shooter's friends. Prepared. You know what I mean? They're, it's like they're the, prepared the or same, they're, well, it's the same the kind ones. of people yeah. that they are. Yeah. Like the, the right. lonely outcast people are going to go see the movie. So why would you shoot up a movie theater full of the same people that you are? But anyway, but yeah, the, I wonder what they were hoping was going to happen so that they could hide from what's really going to happen. <laughs> it's going to break. But, uh, where's it? But yeah, so <laughs> the fact that Beto came out and he's like, hell yeah, we're going to take your guns. Like, Trump just has this way of making them say and completely removing any veneer that they've been saying it because they just hate him so much. And I'm not God Emperor Trump that he's, you know, playing 17 dimensional chess and making them do all this stuff. But he just has this uncanny ability. They hate him so much. And I think it's given me a lot of gratitude, like honestly gratitude Mm -hmm. because this dude takes so much crap and from these people and the ability that they just completely lose their crap all the time. And And they demand, they demand, and it it cracks me up when Republicans give them what they want, but they demand that we come out and condemn him over every single thing. Yeah. And look, I, there's, I could list off nine, 10, 11 things that the Trump administration has done or that he said or whatever that I've been, I've cringed at or whatever. And I've tweeted about zero times about it. And, And my reason for that is that, why like the this is and i think this is part of the psychology of twitter too like when you're tweeting something like that this is the virtue signaling thing right Mm -hmm. but like if you're tweeting out a condemnation of trump what is your goal and let's be honest like the goal for a lot of these kind of swampy cons (laughs) is to get leftists to respect them right that's never going to happen like they hate you Regardless, like, and you see that whenever, you know, Romney came out and did it, uh, Sass came out and did it, whenever they come out and condemn the president, look at the comments and it's always like, well, what are you going to do? Like, they right. don't like you, yeah. you know, so why give them what they want? And, and, and you can say, well, it's my principles. No, like politics is a game. And like you, you, you have to recognize, like, are you going to shoot your general in the back? Like, I, I get it. Like there have been things and I, I, I don't want to get into specifics, but there have been things where we have urged the administration not to do something yeah. or where they've articulated something. We've said, look, like you guys, you can't, you can't do that. Um, we've never said something like that publicly right. because that's not how it works. Like, um, and so again, this kind of gets to the influence thing. I know that it's hard when, and it's, I think it's especially hard for grassroots people um, who go on Twitter and see the establishment, um, all these writers who have, mm-hmm. you know, uh, following and so we think that they're they're big deals, um, but they're not. They're not. Right. <laughs> like the people who are condemning Trump are generally on the outside looking in with no influence whatsoever in the conservative movement. Yeah. And but that's the thing is that we discovered in 2016 that it was the freedom of people not being influenced by the big media and those established groups they're going to make their own decision Mm -hmm. and trump was the big surprise because he wasn't supposed to win the media was in hillary's pocket and all of that so when he did win it it put a it put a whole new perspective for everyone you know politicians especially they're like oh man wait a second that people actually are exercising their freedom to vote and, and make their own voice 
that's what that's what came out of it and now we've been empowered at some level and it's just driving the left nuts because they've had the power with the media and and they were in control for eight years so it's it's a whole new game you know i don't know what it's going to look like after his second term because i'm pretty confident he's going to get elected again and i mean short of an assassination i don't see him not getting elected yeah well uh, we you had something interesting we were talking about before here that we can go into that but i was going to say the one thing that i remember while trump wasn't my guy in the in the primaries i remember I don't know why. I, I don't really get political on Facebook because Facebook's for my friends that mm. I just share stupid memes and, Love you know, memes. yeah. <laughs> and I remember it's just saying like, it, he's just so refreshing because even back then he wasn't my guy, but he would just come out and like even Ted Cruz, you know, they he would force people to start saying things the way they are, you know, like, and he's just like, yeah, these damn Mexicans, you know, the ones coming over here, they're raping everybody. And we're like, yes. Oh my God. We can say that. now. (laughs) It's true. We've been saying like, well, you know, like I I was actually, you know, statistics or, you know, like during, during those debates, um, it was really interesting because I would go to these parties, um, cocktail parties, (laughs) um, where, you know, and these are all good conservative movement people who, all support the president now but you know we would all go to these these events and uh we'd be rooting pretty hard against him and then he would say something hilarious and we would all bust up laughing and meanwhile then the next day some of these groups would go and spend money in south carolina or new hampshire against him right and so there was kind of this like slow realization like i mean we i i I don't ever remember disliking the president but i definitely use the word never trump and i've had to go back and scrub those posts because I, I I was dumb for yeah. sure, but but for me it was it was like what you were talking about. I thought he was a liberal from New York. I didn't believe it, and and I and I also saw the media pushing him on it on me, and for that that was you know right. Um, but uh, no, it, it it's it's he's an amazing personality. I mean, there that is I think that's why they accuse us of being a cult all the time is because <laughs> they recognize yeah. how powerful of a personality is and how you know I mean look like how do you convince 20% of Obama voters to vote for Trump? Right. Unless you're like a seriously <laughs> gifted politician. Yeah. Um, so it's the art of the deal. Yeah. I was going to say, just for the record, this is the most we've ever talked about Trump. It on is. A podcast oh, wow. It is. Ever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so maybe, maybe it's the MAGA hat that he's donning. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I brought a special. <laughs> I bought, uh, I had, I didn't have a MAGA hat. I do have a MAGA hat now. Oh, you do? But I saw um, uh, my other buddy, uh, John Miller, when uh, the Covington Catholic kids thing came out, he was pushing. He was like, yeah, we should all buy their uh, their merch from their store. You know, <laughs> the Covington, the Covington Catholic, thing. Yeah. And of course, that's great because it's a private school that, you know, of course, yeah. all these rich kids need my money to buy it. But <laughs> right. this was the thing. But I bought a Covington Catholic uh, crew neck sweatshirt and a MAGA hat just to, to own the libs. And mm-hmm. I never would have thought about doing that if it wasn't for something like that instant was so ridiculous, but yeah. And like Kavanaugh was a radicalizing yeah. event too yes. for so many conservatives. Cause it's just, yeah. it's the realization that I think, I think a lot of people want to believe that if they just show that they're morally virtuous, that the left will like them. <laughs> right. And, and I think Kavanaugh, who is clearly a morally virtuous guy. Yeah. Um, I think that was just like kind of a wake up moment for a lot of people. And it's just like, man, like they will literally 
do whatever it takes to yeah. Lindsey Graham had that famous quote. I was going to say, yeah. Uh, well, it was, uh, man, you, y'all really want power. I hope you never get it. Yeah. Right. And I think that's kind of become a mantra for a lot of us. And it's just like, these guys are nasty mm-hmm. and, and evil. Yeah. If, if we're being on, I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyone who wants to abort a, a 40 week plus baby is evil. I don't know how to t- yeah. say yeah. it different than that. Yeah. No, I was going to say the, uh, I mean, that's the, it, it's, like all this thing where we were like, yeah, but we want us to like them. Like it, it hit me the other day or a couple weeks ago. Like I just post a lot. Of, I, I try to post interesting articles now. Cause I used to, when I first got on Twitter, I was like, I'm going to change hearts and minds. <laughs> you know, like I'm going to get into this debate. That's 20 threat, you know, going back and forth and we're going to be friends afterwards. And then they would just tell me to go kill myself. And I was like, well, that didn't go well. <laughs> so, uh, so I just post like Bible tweet, you know, Bible quotes and like interesting articles, I think, and some random stuff that nobody cares about. But I remember it was like, why would anybody be, and I get attacked, you know, from all the time. Well, usually when I have something that people actually see, um, people are like, oh, you're a nice Christ follower and you're thinking, oh, you're a Christian. Oh, look at all these Bible quotes and all this stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, why would anyone care about what some random person, A, is going to say about you? Like, why wouldn't you be like, bold in your faith like it, this is literally the one place that you can be like super bold in your faith um and just say like i don't care about any you know anybody even if they have pictures and like blue check marks and stuff make fun of me all the time um but i was gonna say like why would we want to be friends with these people like yeah. i don't like if you're really posturing so that you can the left will like you why why do you want to be their friend yeah. who cares like i've I have super liberal friends in real life and we don't talk politics at all. And they like on, you know, they'll, they know where I stand and like, they'll make jokes about me being radical or whatever. And I'll, you know, tell them I'm going to throw them off a helicopter or something like that. But like, we don't talk politics and I'm not going to lose a friend over that. But like, these are, I would say different sort of friends that like, I really wouldn't risk bringing politics into the matter they know where i stand i stand but like aside from those certain people that i made a conscious effort and talked with them like look i don't want politics to ever come between us i don't want anything to do with any liberals like i I just (laughs) i our value systems there's no if you're gonna kill a baby why would why would i want to be friends with you why do i care what you think you know i just that's what i don't understand i think i've kind of had an evolution on this because um I went to a really liberal college and I love a lot of my liberal friends. Um, I've lost a lot of them, yeah. over, you know, um, and I've watched them go from being, you know, almost more classical liberal, but big government types to becoming these progressive uh, left-wing fascists. And I, I, I mean that to say like the, the, the lack of tolerance of anything. So yeah. one, I, I had a really good friend. I won't um, out too many details, but um we we talked for a long time about politics and and we were always comfortable with the whole like dynamic like he was a hardcore socialist um supported bernie in 2016 you know so i was able i can always like approach this from an analysis perspective and so like you know talk about the primaries and uh yeah hillary's just trying to screw him you know and like in the end i was kind of hoping that he would you know not vote for hillary (laughs) but but what's kind of happened he um he blocked well actually uh I actually blocked him on Facebook. Uh, I haven't blocked very many people, but um, he started personally attacking me on his stuff um, and calling me a white supremacist. Well, and and because I support the president, and um, and it's it's absolutely wild. I mean, we've had so many deep conversations about 
um, so many things and, and he knows my heart and it doesn't matter. And, yeah. and I think, so yeah, when it comes down to it, I mean, look, you can have friendships with, with leftists because I think you can always have friendships with liberals. They're different than leftists, yeah. but, um, but you have to keep politics out of it. And, and man, I, I don't know. That's, just, that's, I think that's been one of the most depressing things for me about all of this. And especially as I've, you know, grown more involved. Mm -hmm. um, from beyond just like posting, right. you know, thoughts to being published in, you know, a bunch of different publications, like, um, and, and the animosity just really, really grew, especially from people I didn't keep in regular contact with. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So primaries, let's wrap it up with this. What do you, uh, so we're going to say, we were talking about, we were talking about this earlier, right? Yeah. So what do you, uh, so obviously you think Trump's going to win. I do. Who do you think? Democrat. Liz Warren. Liz Warren. Mm. Cool. I think I think she's the most charismatic, and uh, I like. She's obviously a progressive, so the base is not like worried about, you know, like with Biden. I think they're they're kind of thinking he's a little bit of a squish. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, no, I, I think she, you know, she she fits fits everything for him. They're really enthusiastic about her. I think when Bernie drops out, and I think he'll have to because of the heart attack. Yeah, um, yeah. he hasn't yet, but I think he will. And I just can't imagine Bernie supporters going to Biden. Like, not a lot of them. Right. Um, no. And so she's the logical. I don't see anyone else in the race who has any ability. Yeah, I was going to gonna say Booker, Kamala, none of those. You don't think the uh, the <laughs> the minority status is going to outweigh in, mm -hmm. the, in this case? I don't think so. I think, look, like if Kamala, she had her chance. Yeah. And she, she was starting to surge for yeah. a little bit there. And she came off as fake and... You know, wanting to put Arrogant. everyone in jail. Just, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, so I, I mean, really though, like if you read her tweets, she's all about executive authority. It's kind of wild. I, I'm uh, surprised Biden didn't pull out the uh, the old tried and true. They're gonna, she's gonna put y'all back in chains. <laughs> <laughs> she literally wants to put everyone yeah. in shackles. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say this reminded me of why I was gonna bring it up. Tulsi Gabbard. Mm -hmm. What? Uh, I don't understand. Do you? Like, this was another phenomenon I've seen is that what? All right, yes, she's hot. She's really Other hot. than, uh, she's very Objectively, hot. Objectively. Yeah, Nate said, uh, he said she should just play the, uh, the, the, the workout video. Work video. <laughs> <laughs> That's all she should go on. And uh, she would win the nomination. But this is one thing I just don't understand. I mean, I, I understand it, but it frustrates me that I see all these people. And it's mostly, I guess, we kind of covered it now that I'm thinking it through. Um, those same people that want to be liked, but I don't understand aside from her being hot. Um, well, I can tell you that I've said it before. She comes across like she's a moderate liberal, right. not a fascist, socialist, communist Democrat, right? Like everyone else who wants to take your AK and, you know, put you in jail yeah. or in chains. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and this is what I think it is. I, I think that's, there's an appeal to her and then she has this military and she yeah. does have this nationalism this nationalist kind of you know uh bent to her where she wants to pull all our troops back that's very appealing to our younger base the younger you know liberal audience the millennials they don't want us in afghanistan they don't want us in iraq and syria they don't want us in anywhere out there so she's speaking to them they've cut her out though yeah. they, she's been shut out and she'll never get traction and um and they're gonna make that happen but that's that's what I think the appeal is to her. Yeah, you yeah. know what I'm saying. No, I I agree 100. Yeah. Um, I I look I I 
my instinct is always to like people that the media tells me to hate. Right. <laughs> and yeah. so from the get go, and she's disappointed me on some things. I mean, she's, uh, I wanted her to be more, she's, she's kind of equivocated. <laughs> this is crazy in 2019, but I think she said that abortion after 20 weeks was a little too far. Right. right. Yeah. Which is insane for a Democrat. Um, right. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I want to be like, great. That's awesome. You're almost pro-life except that's like 2% of Kate. I mean, <laughs> right. I know we're still, right. um, so look, I, I think she's, uh, I think you nailed it. She's a liberal. And so she is, you know, far left on a lot of things, but she's, she doesn't hate us. And so that's kind of where we are now. I, I think Yang's kind of a similar, yeah. similar candidate in that um, he doesn't seem to hate us. He's still pretty radical. I mm-hmm. mean, goodness gracious, some of his yeah. policies are awful, but, um, but we, we've gotten to the point where that is what we see as, as acceptable as they don't hate us. Right. Um, right. Cause everyone else does. <laughs> well, I was going to say, that's so funny that I, I, I have literally seen tweets where Tulsi got, when she came out and she was like, yeah, I think after 20 weeks, uh, you know, that's, you know, we should stop it there. And people are like, look, she's so pro-life. Um, and it's the same thing. That's not pro-life. Right. She's right. not pro-life. She right. still wants to kill 2% of cases or, mm-hmm. you know, third trimester and stuff like that. Um, you know, that's, yeah, we can't, do all this stuff but here's a question i just thought of maybe both of you since trump came out and everyone started hating him and he became more conservative do you think tulsi gabbard and andrew yang will ever become conservative do you, because of the hate you think it'll they'll t- turn them to the right not yang no. he's a socialist straight up yeah tulsi gabbard's just a liberal um who's 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 american like who's who's um patriotic yeah and she's hot well yeah that's <laughs> and she knows she knows where her bread's buttered no i'm just kidding um no i i don't think yang would i don't think i mean he's gonna be a nobody he's not to use your phrase a nothing burger of a candidate like he won't make it through but um but the treatment's different because they're ignoring I, yang right. they are they and are they ignoring hate tulsi it, Yang, if I'm not wrong, he's the guy that wants to give everybody thousand thousand bucks a month. Yeah, 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 which is just stupid. But I mean, I mean, that's like honest, trying to we, buy. We, we got to secure the bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's look. <laughs> it, it, I I I don't support UBI. Um, right. It's it's interesting. I mean, like I I think it's it's interesting that he's bringing this idea into it um, and not just going with the you know conforming to what the Democratic Party's kind of pushed. Um, but, but that's yeah, what you I have mean, to do if you're communist. <laughs> uh, you have to have universal basic income. Right. No, that's true. So that's why I say he's completely socialist. Well, yeah. But yeah, so you don't think Tulsi four years from now is going to come out and she's like, maybe I've evolved. You don't think... I don't know. I just have this Fox News contributor, Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah, I mean, like, I, like <laughs> well, that, that might, could happen. That, that, that that's that's kind of where I see it. Like, yeah. I, I kind of think she could end up being kind of in the frame of Joe Lieberman, yeah. like where, oh yeah, that's uh, yeah. you know, she's kind of respected on on at least on the right, but she sticks to her stuff and she'll always drive the left nuts. Um, but she'll never be radical enough. But then she'll never be a conservative. Right. Right. Yeah, which credit to her that just means she has principles. Yeah, like because it would be very advantageous for her financially and politically to suddenly become more conservative. Yeah, yeah. Well, that would put her in a in a contention. Definitely, mm-hmm. she would have the real potential. To All right, last question for me. Yeah, do you uh, do you think anyone any I was going to say any new people since we assume that Trump's going to win the primary, which he will, 
But do you see Joe anyone? Walsh, man? I don't know. I mean, he's he's <laughs> tweeting. I mean, you got to look out. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say. Do you see anybody else coming out of the woodwork? No, no. I, I I mean, what could Mitt Romney run if he really wanted to? Like, I I just the whole thing. It's a Twitter primary. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it's because Bill Crystal gets retweeted by journalists in D.C. and these conservative bros, and no, I, it's not real. Um, and. and I don't know. I mean, <laughs> well, I, 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 I honestly think he could get impeached and he wouldn't face a serious primary. No. Like, they, why? Because we understand most conservatives and most conservative voters are where we're at, which is uh, we we don't like everything he says. So maybe, you know, this is my theory on approval rating. I, I think a lot of people disapprove of him and will vote for him yeah. over over a socialist. Yeah. Um, but, you know, why? Like, why? we're not going to win if we if we nominate joe walsh right so i saw a tweet from trump and we should probably do a segment trump's tweets uh, like once a week but <laughs> this is this is why this is speaking of romney this just made me laugh so hard i actually posted this on our little private chat that we have he, this is what he said he said mitt romney never knew how to win he's a pompous ass who who has been fighting me from the beginning except when he begged for my endorsement for his senate run i gave it to him in parentheses. And when he begged me to be Secretary of State, I didn't give it to him, parentheses. <laughs> he's so bad for ours, <laughs> Republicans. So he's calling him out now, even if he's thinking about running, he's already doing interference, oh, yeah. like putting it. And, and all the conservative bros were retweeting this, quote tweeting it, and yeah. saying he didn't beg. <laughs> right. Oh, right. And it's like, so, well, number one, how would you know? Yeah. <laughs> but that's their response. He right. didn't beg. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Oh, he didn't beg. Like, there's literally that picture of him having dinner with Trump. Like, like, oh yeah, this is pretty embarrassing. I'm like, you know, here, he was, like, he was literally groveling. He was literally groveling. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, let's let's be honest. <laughs> um, yeah. But that that tweet alone, calling him a pompous ass, that to me In is quotes. like, yeah, <laughs> like, what other president? has publicly said those kind of things like that's why and that's why he's won over <laughs> us that are disgruntled and just tired of you know or like this is how i feel like you just said what how i felt and and he's also this is what other presidents have felt right right so bush had the uh what did he he called a reporter a major league asshole <laughs> right yeah. and everyone was like oh it's a hot mic like with trump you don't have to worry about hot mics you have tw twitter right yeah. um no I, I i just think look he says inappropriate things i get it and we have grown up in this culture of like oh we always have to apologize in politics for saying the wrong thing and it's just like why like there's in in a way everyone accuses them of being so dishonest but there's an honesty in it yeah like because we yeah. know that's what's happening behind closed doors like you yeah. think you think nancy pelosi doesn't cuss oh yeah oh, right yeah. <laughs> like, yeah well i mean between but, drinks uh, right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was gonna say all those hillary emails that came out where she's like oh oh yeah saying nasty stuff <laughs> nasty stuff to well, people you know she does she's, oh she's yeah. nasty well yeah i mean if you're married you're still married to a serial rapist and have people murdered yeah dude anyways dude thank you so much no yeah. it was it was really fun guys i really appreciate you having me on it yeah. goes without saying there's always an open door anytime you want to come in sounds good hang out yeah we, we'd love to have you again thank you so much man yeah so uh Oh, stay hydrated? Are we going to go say that? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's your yeah. thing. Hey, man. people, stay hydrated. See ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today.
We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to know more, you can visit us on the web at alloutwar.us or you can find us on Twitter at alloutwarcast. Hey, thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you.